Hello and welcome to another episode of Color of Changes Tell Black Stories podcast. I'm Gia Peppers and thank you to our sponsor, the Open Society Foundations, an organization that works to build vibrant and inclusive societies whose governments are accountable and open to the participation of all people. Tell Black Stories is an initiative created as an extension of Color of Changes Hollywood work, an initiative to change the rules in Hollywood by ensuring accurate, diverse, empathetic, and human portrayals of Black people in film and television. We collaborate with writers, producers, executives, and influencers to raise industry standards and change representations of Black people and issues affecting us throughout the media landscape. Today is a great day because I'm so excited. I see you over there getting hype. I love it. Because you're official with it. You just set the tone. I'm like, oh, let me, let me, I should have worn a tie. Yes, yes. (laughs) We're so excited because we're here with Morehouse alum, former NFL star, Oscar, and Golden Globe nominee, John David Washington. John David, how are you? I am intimidated right now. That was official. You speak so well, so eloquently. Good job. Thank you. But I, I feel good. I feel good. We'll just, just, let's ease into this. Okay. Yes. Look, let, look, Whew, don't be intimidated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. First of all, this is all about you. You, you star as the protagonist in this summer's first blockbuster film, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. So I mean, I'm actually the one that's a little bit intimidated because I'm like, first of all, not only did you have to do action scenes, you had to do them backwards. And then Yolanda's like, no, no, we yeah. go, we're going to talk about it. But I'm so okay. proud of you. Like, congratulations. How does it feel? Um, it's, it's an interesting feeling. Uh, many different uh, feelings, given the circumstances, you know, not not a real worldwide press tour. Um, you know, it's been, you know, a uh, digital one. But um, mm-hmm. nonetheless, I'm I'm excited that it's, that Warner Brothers uh, and, and Syncope have teamed up and got the right plan together to release the film that people are going to be able to uh, to see it properly the way it's supposed to be experienced in, in theater and especially in IMAX. Yes, yes. I have not been able to see it, but I that is one of my my goals. As soon as I feel comfortable to go, yeah. I will go see it. But the trailer alone, like yeah. I've been sitting here watching it and watching you and just seeing your career grow from ballers and to, to all of the various things that you've done, the Black Klansmen, so many things that you've done, you've shown up beautifully for not only Black people, but actors, um, HBCU grads. So we're going to get into that because... We're just all so proud of you. And it's so rare to see Black actors in this big blockbuster action type film. So can you talk about your journey to Tenet and the process of getting ready to play the protagonist? What was that like for you? Well, it started with the the call from Christopher Nolan who wanted to meet me. You know, I, I didn't even know he was aware of my being, you know, I, I didn't. So that was crazy. Uh, you know, and he, he, he deals in such secrecy, you know, he has a certain way he does things, you know, and uh, I love it personally. So when I got to talk to him, we talked for about two and a half hours about nothing uh, pertaining to the film, to, to Tenet. It was just about our relationship to movies and this industry and family. It was, it got real personal, it got real deep. We, we had some laughs. Um, I, I got along with them well. I was like, man, I just I just kicked it with Christopher Nolan. I can't believe wow. this. I didn't even I didn't feel like an audition. You know, I didn't even care what came out of it after a while. I was just like, you know what? I can say for the rest of my life, I kicked it with him from two and a half hours. So then from that to to um, when I got the call and he says he wanted me to not only just be in it, be the, but the position he wanted me 
um, for the role for the movie. I was just like, it was like I won the Super Bowl. It it, yeah. it felt even more. Um, it was more. It was a joyous occasion. It felt I was happier than I was when I graduated college. I was happier than I was when I got drafted. Well, when I got picked up to, from the NFL to the NFL. It was uh, one of the happiest moments of my life. So, um, so going to that, to then it was like, then it became terrifying. I was like, oh wait, I gotta, I really gotta get this. This guy's a, a weapon, you know. I gotta right. turn my body around. I gotta, I gotta turn everything around. So the 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 process started, you know, about two months out before principal photography started of of intense, rigorous training and learning the rules of inversion, you know, which is, you know, being able to fight backwards. But then not just that, I had to blink, walk, talk you know, and then fight backwards. Um, yeah. So uh, there was just a training camp, if you will, for two months before we started shooting. And I heard you had an app that helped you yeah. actually do the lines forwards and backwards because you also had yep. to say the lines forwards and backwards. I mean, I don't know when I will need the app, but what was the name of the app? And like, tell me a little bit about like oh, what it was like talking, speaking I backwards. Uh, well, I cannot tell you what there's actually Dang. a couple, but I can't even. I'm not even going just in just in case if we do this again, I'm gonna need to, you know, say. But uh, <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I actually played with I I I, I it was during what Thanksgiving, like right at the time when we we wrapped for Thanksgiving. I had my whole family try it, and wow. uh, we had a lot of fun with it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a trip to 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 really hear yourself backwards and then try to try to say what you just heard and that become a language. So it's almost like learning a new language. Right. And uh, I mean, my colleague, my, my teammate, my better really, uh, Kenneth Branagh, fantastic after, you know, just, you know, Shakespearean background and all that. He did one better by not only talking backwards, but he did it in a Russian accent. So he, Kings to him, he, he's the winner for sure. I never seen anything like that before. Wow. But uh, it was it was it was so, it was so crazy to hear yourself talk. And so you had to, so I couldn't say full sentences backwards with this app i had to go word word by word and then put the sentences together and then say the sentences all backwards it was so weird it was it was wow hard. i feel yeah. like you deserve an award just for that like <laughs> just for that only because that i i was over here imagining having to speak backwards and i'm just trying to i'm just trying to make sure i know all the words in the english language now you got to know them backwards like that's incredible yeah. so Thank you. Now it's uh it, it, it was it was a great accomplishment too. Just knowing that uh, once I saw the final product, that uh, the the takes were good enough to make the film. Because you know yeah. you could do it, and then he might cut it all out because it wasn't good enough. But he used it. So um so we I think we we accomplished something significant in that, and and it's definitely historical. I don't think anybody's ever spoken backwards before, but having for it to because like how he edits how he edited it, and when you see it. You see how it comes together. It's almost subtle. You don't even realize we're speaking backwards because of where the relationship is in the story to what we're doing. Mm. It's 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 so mind bending. It's crazy. Oh, no. I, yeah, I'm gonna have to figure. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go because this is too much. Please but yeah. I, I wanted to it's talk great. to you a little bit about because you've you were kind of flung into the leading role, blockbuster, heavy type of roles early on. It felt it felt early on. I knew you from Ballers, but I'm sure you had done a lot before that. But I was like, oh, okay, so he's going to star in Black Klansman. He's in Monsters <laughs> and Men. He, he, now it's Tenet. And do you ever feel like an imposter? And how do you deal with that type of thing? <laughs> Do you ever feel like do that? I feel like, like, like an imposter. Oh. How did I get here? Like, when did this happen? Oh. And how do you deal with it? Oh, that's a good word for it. I I don't want to admit to that, but I know what. But I know it. No, I know what you mean. Like I I I know what you mean. I've been listen. I've been also told no a lot. 
as well. Right. Like I've been going auditions and like getting rejected with the, with the best of them. So that's how it goes. <laughs> so what's interesting about what has been happening, it's um, all those no's, I thank God it happened because it got me to the right yeses. You know, it got me to the people I'm supposed to be working with. People that actually saw my talent, people that actually believe in me. That, uh, you know, and they didn't, it wasn't a studio, it wasn't an agent that forced me down down their throat, that forced me on them. These are auteurs, these are directors that do what they want to do. You know, they cast how they want to cast. Right. And they chose me. So in a way that 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 uh, I'm relieved of that kind of, you know, I get that that feeling of imposter or or guilt or whatever because they they chose me and I've been working hard. You know, I've been I've been I've been at this a while and um, I, I mean I, I'm still trying to continue to grow and this is the kind of career I'm trying to build anyway. And I want to do films like this. I mean, this is right up. This is my lane for sure. So um, I'm excited to be able, and I'm blessed, and I'm truly, truly grateful for the opportunities uh, uh, afforded to me by these by these men that have directed me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've all done such a great job. And I love that you said these were the people that sought you because yeah. there's so many things that could have happened, but every single thing that happened in your life absolutely brought you to those major moments where I'm exactly. where you were probably pinching yourself on the phone with Spike and Christopher Nolan what? and all these moments. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like I did I, every, on, on both of their sets, I couldn't believe it was happening. Like when they're yelling like action and cut or just the casual conversations about like, and they're treating me like a colleague, not like, not like an, an employee. Like I didn't feel like I worked for them. It truly felt like I was working with them. They've both told me, you know, paraphrasing cause they talk differently, but they both <laughs> told me versions of like, we'll adjust to you. We'll wait on, mm. we'll, we'll see what you do. And then we'll go to that. Don't worry about what we're doing. I'm like, what? Cause I've been on sets where I do have to worry about what the, the, the it's about their vision and this and that, but these guys, and it is about their vision, but they're so inclusive. They're like, well, maybe something better comes out of it. Maybe something fresh comes out of it. Maybe, you know, the organic nature of it, the spontaneity, they, they, they're fans of it. You know, they're, they're so I, I, it was so encouraging. I just, I'm just, it just brings me so much joy to know that, that uh, these people, these icons, these legends that I look up to, they're just simply, as simply put, they're just egoless when it comes to the, to the art, to the story. They want the best story told period. Mmm, that is so good. They want the best story told. Look, look, I'm getting chills over here already. Like, I love your story. I love, I love it. Um, and, and speaking of telling stories, the impact that these roles have had on our community, the Black community, um, and the importance of telling Black stories is so important in this moment. Um, can you share a little bit about the how you select your roles and how um, central to choosing your choosing process is the black community and the stories that you will be telling through your acting. Well, I, I think about my childhood, my, my teenage years. I think about what films meant to me, mm. what, what lo looking at somebody that looked like me meant to me or not, or it didn't matter. Just, just the kind of, the kind of stories that I was always connected to, whether it be, you know, movies like Glory or the Ninja Turtles, whether it be Robin Hood, or you know, half baked. You know, I just, you know, I just, I, I, I just love storytelling, and uh, there's so much medicine in those stories and in the movie-going experience. There's so much healing, and it, you know, great deal of relief comes from laughing for an hour and a half or just being thrilled and 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 wowed by what you see on screen for a couple of hours. You know, and what it can, you know, uh, encourage you or inspire you to do. So when I'm thinking about roles, when I'm looking at roles and looking at collaborations, I do take under consideration like, well, what, what, who can this speak to, you know, 
what does it say about me? That's why I don't, I wasn't doing a lot of press even early in my career because I wanted it to be about the work. I always do. Then they can, people can start to know me more through the roles, through the movies that I'm a part of. And they can start, you know, just like the art, they can start building their own opinion and formulating their own thoughts about me from, or, or the role or the character from what they see. They can do that from, from my real life as well because it's sort of the same thing. So I, um, I just think about those things all the time. And, but at the same time, I'm not too precious about uh, this must speak to a community. That's a lot of pressure to like to change the community or like get my people moving forward. I mean, that's a bit arrogant. Uh, if I can get one person to like it, if I get one person to be inspired and they have the tools, the knowledge, the education to actually administer real change in the community and the social justices that were injustices that we're experiencing, then mission accomplished. If, if the next Michelle Obama can see one of my movies and get inspired to become the great woman that she's supposed to become, then that's what it's all about. And that's the process. Make it, that's worth it. Mm, that's dope. Yes, I love that. Because I, I was going to ask you, you know, if there is a person or a face you would think about, um, like for me, I always think about young black men seeing this movie or black boys seeing this movie and seeing you as the lead and the person who's helping uh, make the world what it needs to be in this film. Um, mm. in, this in this uncertain time when we're living through so much craziness, what do you hope a young black boy or a black girl sees in this film, walks away from in, with this film after seeing your performance? Strength, agency in their life. They have the power, that agency, they have the power to change the circumstances. They have the power through hard work. They have the power through love. They have the power through commitment and, and, a, and a spiritual awareness that they can they can literally change their situation. They can change their 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 circumstances. They can they can they're in control. That's when, you know that's when the word agency comes to mind. Brilliant. I'm just I'm over here standing. Okay, so <laughs> let's get back into when you were coming up before getting into acting. You attended Morehouse. Shout out to all HBCUs. Everybody out there, we love you. We yep. know you're. Shout out to Howard. I So I did not go to an HBCU, but I grew up on the campus because my mom went to Howard. My sister went uh, to Howard. I'm from D.C. She took us to every homecoming ever. So nice. I grew up on the campus. Um, but you were a college and then a pro, a pro football player. So can you share with us a little bit about your journey from athlete to actor and then how attending an HBCU like the Morehouse <laughs> uh, College was able to help that was able to shape your career? Well, when I, you know, it's funny when you talk about what you hope they look for in, in a character like this. That's, that's what HBCU provided, you know, mm. power, independence, the possibilities that are endless. There's their wide range. You can be anything you want to be. Uh, people that look like us from different walks of life, from different parts of the country, different parts of the world, even on exchange programs. Um, we're just coming into their own power and discovering how much agency they have in their life, how much um, how they can dictate the change. You know, and, and, and minds, these minds together as a community can do so much, can be have such a powerful and positive um, impact on the community and, 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 and transformative in a way, um, community uh, uh, impact on the world and, and in every aspect, whether it be business, the medical field, you know, the art, the arts field. Um, there's so many different ways that when we come together like that, that's what HBCU provided. And I will always can have that harness it and use it and distribute it in my work because it's so important. I think every person of color should should attend HBCU for at least a semester. 
I mm. think it's worth it. I think that experience as a whole will just give you so much power uh, and confidence in yourself to know that we are out there, that we are a community, you know, because um, uh, that's what Spike, uh, Spike Lee set kind of provided like HBCU like quality because so many people behind the camera look like us, which you're not used to seeing. Um, so, I mean, that being said, you know, I'm going to a private school, having all kinds of uh, experiences coming out to my life. It was, uh, it was, it was such a fun sort of shell shocking experience to, to play football at a, at a school like that when the halftime show gets more love than the actual game yeah. and the band members get more love than the players. So that took some adjusting and getting used to, but it was a humble, humble lesson, but no, but just homecoming. I mean, the, 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 the tailgating, which yeah. I didn't never get to experience. That was just, uh, I mean, I'll never forget those moments and they, they um, they've helped shape who I am as a, as a man. So moving forward, like as I got to the NFL and I'm just learning like different, uh, the, the business of the NFL and the, some, some of the harsh realities of what business, you know, the kind of business the NFL is. Um, and then when I get hurt and I transition into, into the acting thing, ironically, I play a football player. So even as I, my first role as Ricky Jarrett, I'm still thinking about the, the opportunity to, you know, to, to give the people, the general public, the point of view of the athlete. You know, now the, the character wasn't an HBCU player, but I think he had a lot of the same values of an HBCU student. So there's just there's just so many opportunities through the art that you can get a message across or get a point of view across that people can receive however they want to receive it. Mm, uh, yeah, and I think that's really important that you said, you know, you get injured and then you take that transition and your first role is another in, in the same vein of what you were doing already. Um, yeah. And I know so many young men who are athletes and get injured or don't get picked up by a team or don't right. really get to live their dream. There, there are more uh, young men who aren't living their dream than are, whether that's yeah. football, basketball, hockey, golf, whatever. Um, for those right. those guys who are might feel lost in this time because so many things are not happening normally um, and, and may right. want to pick up a, a, a book to write poetry or or want to get into acting class, but they're too afraid. What advice would you give them about taking right. that leap and going there? Oh my God, I'm so glad you posed it. Nobody's posed this question before. Thank God that you did. Because I also I want people to know about my career without me having to say it though, but just just because I'm living, I'm still learning, is that it, it's okay to be both. You could be an athlete, but you don't have to just to be, a, you don't have to be a jock. You can be, you know, an, an artistic athlete. You know, you can, and you can write, you should, you should uh, go to a, a drama studies class. You should explore your feelings on, you know, uh, you know, if, 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 whether it be through a character or through your own words, it's important, you know, and it can even help you on the field. It's, it's great therapy, you know, and being able to combine the two is the, is the tricky part. But if you can combine the two, all the things that a, a warrior is supposed to have and maintain and uphold those qualities into, uh, you know, into a, um, a less violent, but uh, just as intense field um, is is the um, is the goal, is mm -hmm. is the is a perfect marriage. So um, I would I would highly recommend all these athletes out there to um, to I would encourage them to to try a drama class, even not to be an actor, but maybe to, to learn about the business to one day become, you know, maybe a, a manager or an agent, or maybe operate the camera. I don't know, but just or a writer, just uh, anything, but uh, it is helpful and it is therapeutic. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I love that a lot of the 
you know, other, other than your story, we're learning so much more about Chadwick Boseman and may he rest in peace in his legacy. And, you know, we all, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening know that he was a basketball player and had no, no idea he wanted to be an actor until one of his friends was killed. And so I think even that same discipline that you learn on a team and a team sport yes. gets you ready for set because you have to show up and know other people's parts, but know your parts, understand what it takes to wake up at 5 a.m. Even if you don't right. feel like the discipline. I think, mm -hmm. you know, that, that there's a lot of the same, uh, the same intense actions that you'll need to take to be good at both. And it seems like I, I didn't know Chadwick professionally till I never got to work with him, but it just seemed like from the outside looking in, that he really had a great concept of, of team play mm. and, and how to work together, you know, as a community to tell the best story. So there, it seemed to have, he had elements of, uh, of, of no ego when it comes into uh, filming something. And I, and, I, and I credit that to his, his athletic background. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, you have, you know, people, players have egos, but I mean, just understanding the team concept, you know, for the best uh, uh, outcome for the, for the team goals. And I think uh, he definitely exhibited that. Yeah, he did. He really, really did. I um, and I want to get back into this inter this part of the interview because I think this next question is really important. Uh, so, Color of Change and Michael B. Jordan recently partnered on a new initiative called Change Hollywood hashtag Change Hollywood, and it provides a roadmap for Hollywood to make real change in the fight against systemic racism through investing in Black careers, talent, Black communities, and investing in anti-racist content, which we would all love to see more of. But what mm -hmm. do you think? Hollywood has, what role do you think Hollywood has to play in this specific moment? What would you like to see happen? For me, I'd like to see more behind the scenes representation. Hmm. You know, I, I like to see, you know, you know, somebody that looks like you sitting, you know, at running a studio. Yeah. I would like to see someone that looks like you, you know, running, you know, or, or being ahead of, you know, a, an agency you know, or, 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 or publicists, you know, I, I like to see more representation like that. As a producer, I, I got to work with uh, Katia Washington on this film I did during COVID, who was a producer who um, was a, we were able to film because she, because of her research and her hard work on get, making sure the set was safe for us to film it during COVID. I mean, what she did um, is, I mean, she made history in, in, in a lot of ways. I'm very proud of her and as African-American woman that did that, you know, for, that provided the safety protocols for our film, Malcolm and Marie. Um, so I, I, stories like that, I would like to see more of, um, and, you know, change like that is what I'd like to see more of. Mm, I love that. You, you must have the questions in front of you, because this is what we're about to get to that next part now, <laughs> because it's so important to talk about Malcolm and Marie, the images I've seen, I've been loving. Um, obviously, at Color of Change, we're also about centering the voices in the stories of Black women. And you worked with Zendaya, who is a fave of ours. And you, like you said, made a movie during a pandemic. So can you share anything about Malcolm and Marie, um, the, the pandemic storytelling and filming? Like, what was it like on set? Like, give me as much as you can about Malcolm and Marie. Well, we were talking about Spike Lee and, and Christopher Nolan. I, and I've been so lucky to work with Sam Levinson, creator of Euphoria. He and Zendaya are just a, a powerhouse. And uh, they, you know, I, I'm just, I was just happy to help out, you know, just to play my little part, to be honest, because what they're doing is, is this, they're doing tremendous work. Zendaya is, is, a, is a force to be reckoned with. She's so important into the, in the community and what she's doing and what Sam has been doing for the art. Um, it's just that combination is an incredible, it's a special combination. So I'm lucky to be a part of it and, and 
as she is a producer, as is Sam, as is Katia Washington. When I think about uh, Zendaya and Katia Washington as producers on something like this, it gives me, it, I get so excited because a project like this, as special as I think it is to have these two, you know, these black women as producers on it, um, it speaks volumes of where we're trying to go and what we're trying to do, what I'm trying to be a part of. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see it. It just looks, like I said, the images, the, the things I've seen, it it looks like a black woman told it, honestly. Like there are certain things that I see and I'm like, that's that's one of that's one Ooh. of me. I know her. Like when I saw the photograph with Issa yeah. and Lakeith, I could tell yeah. Stella was a black woman because right, was, right, right. Yeah. He, he, the way that it flowed, it was like the exact type of date and love story me and my girlfriends right. talk about. So I'm hoping right, right. it has that same feel when we get to see Malcolm and Marie. But this, well, this one, this this was a little more angry. I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> But but I can't I don't want to I can't even they got it they're the producers they got it they'll, they'll they can say it I can't say it. okay perfect look I won't say nothing else about it because this you know we're so here you give me trouble right I don't want to get you in trouble <laughs> we just got here uh, right. so, uh, I actually wanted to ask you I know that you moved back home during the quarantine um, and I actually did the same thing I'm literally with my parents right now they're like around <laughs> what was that? what was that. What was that like for you? You become this big movie star and then you're back. Did you go back to your like room? Like, was it the same room? What was that like for you? Oh, we're really going to unpack this. You know what? I appreciate <laughs> At least you said you did it too. So that makes me feel a little better. <laughs> I just turned 30 on <laughs> September 6th. And I was like, I am literally in my room. Right <laughs> well, how did it make you feel? You unpack a little bit. I'll show you mine. Because let me, yeah, what, how'd you feel? Let me tell you, John David, okay? I was sitting there like, okay, I need to, I one, it made me really appreciate that my parents are still here. I will say right that yeah, because yeah, true. COVID is true. real. Life 2020 has been a lot. And my brother true. and sister, you know, they'll come in and out too. Um, and it made me appreciate family, but then it also was like, woo. All right, so as now you see your parents as adults and you're also an adult. So there are certain yeah. Conversations that you're like, okay, I don't need to be in that. That's not my, right. it's not my marriage. I can't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I learned a lot about how I am as an adult. And then some things that from high school never changed that I would like to work on. So for me, it was quite a lot. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. That's good. That's uh, it sounds uh, like it was therapeutic in a way. Some evolution of self kind of yes. took place. I would I would concur with all those things. I would say this could be an echo chamber in that regard. Uh, I also realized I need to get out, which I did. So I'm no longer living there. I'm staying somewhere else now. But uh, it, but it served its purpose. So everything yeah. you just said served all of that and uh, and more. And getting my cooking skills back together um, from my mom, she'd give me some tips. I mean, I just I, mean, I haven't stayed there this long since high school. Yes. So uh, it was a trip to be like, this is wild in the old room, which is more like a storage room than anything, you know? <laughs> so it was, uh, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed every moment of it, to be honest, just, I feel like I reconnect cause I don't see my parents a lot. You know, yeah. I mean, I live in Brooklyn and then like last year I was, I was overseas for like nine, almost 10 months. So uh, it was just nice to be around them. I, I, well, I wanted to be there though. I, I it was not and then, until I didn't. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was great. Was like at the tenth week, where I was like, you know what? Yo, yo, that it just hit. Like all of a sudden, like ah, okay, it's time. It's, That's it's it. Because I live in Brooklyn too, and my parents were so worried about the numbers, and I was like, look, it, I'm gonna have to deal with it. Like if all my friends are up there, I'll be fine. It ended up being yeah. fine, and so 
you know, we'll see. But the last question I have for you, I've had so much fun during this interview. This is so no, fun. This is great. So the last question I have is, you know, we ask everybody on our Tell Black Stories podcast, because again, we're all about telling Black stories here and, and, and uplifting the people who are telling those stories. What's one story that hasn't been told about our communities that you'd love to see on the big screen? I would love to know what, what happened to Bobby Seale, his mm. whole story. I would, like to, I would like to see a Bobby Seale uh, story being told, being told the right way in the right hands i like this i like this and i think you know you might be the person to do it i don't know well, i'm not even just see that's and it's like i feel like that's the actor set up like I, I would like to play i don't even i just want you guys i just want to see it i don't have to right. be it i just want to see it i would love that to mean see directing it. producing you could do some things I, i'll just take a little five percent after this interview because i feel like after this interview it'll be done and whoever will do it will do it and i'd let you give me five percent you know? Yes. Yes. And before we go, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners about Tenet and, and going to see the film? Um, please be responsible. Safety first. But it, you must see this in IMAX. Just for like my, when my mom, she, she, my mom said something great when she saw it. She said for two and a half hours, she wasn't thinking about the outside world. Mm. And if anything, it's worth for that. It's worth it. That's worth the price of admission that you can just stop thinking about this stuff for a couple hours, you know, and seeing something so captivating, so innovative. Um, I, I think uh, it, it'll be healthy for, for us as a community, you know, and encouraging and to, and get, to get back up on that horse after this and, and keep on marching forward. Yes. Well, thank you so much, John David, for joining us on this episode of Tell Black Stories. It was awesome to speak with you. Make sure you all listen to this episode and more on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream. I'm Gia Peppers. Peace. Peace. Hey.